In Avos, we are holding by the Mishnah, the last stage of the Mishnah, the second Mishnah of what Hillel teaches us. We saw last time what happens to the person who doesn't utilize one of the three methods that they are to gain life, whether through Torah, Avoido, or Chesed. And then Hillel told us that if a person's acts of Chesed are for their own covered for their own reputation, they'll lose their reputation. If a person doesn't increase his Torah learning, so his life will be decreased. And if a person doesn't learn Torah, no Torah, so he'll chayiv misa. And now the last line, which it says, as is udishtamesh betagachadov. A person who misuses the crown of Torah will pass away. What's that referring to? So the morale explains. The reason why a person who misuses the crown of Torah for themselves will leave the world. Because the Torah is something spiritual. Like everything else, which is Kodesh, which means it belongs to Hashem. Just like you find by Kodeshim that if a person uses a carbon for their own benefit, so they have Misa. It's the same thing if a person uses something which is Kodesh for his own benefit, he's Chayv Misa. And the truth is, it's much more than that. The Gemara says that anyone who uses anything in this world, Really, the Hashem, that the world belongs to Hashem. And Hashem Oretzim Loya. And the fact that He gave it to people to use, the like Gemara says, is only after people make a bracha and have been permitted to use it. Whereas if a person uses something in this world without making a bracha, so it's sacrilege. He's like stealing from something which belongs to Hashem. And same thing over here, making use of the Torah which is spiritual for a person's own ends, for a person's own needs. So that's something which is also should be high of but why? Why is a person chayav misa for misusing ruchnius? V'atam shachayav misa explains the morale. Ki adam shubal guf v'chaymer. A person is physical. V'ein roish is chayav in adavish shulkodesh v'nidlam in adam v'chayik shemayim. And then there isn't a natural way that he's going to connect to something which is spiritual. K'moish etimtza ki kashem is chayav adam elayonim asher einam imaguf yavel ayamisa. And therefore, when there's a connection between spiritual and physical. So there's one of two things which can happen. The one option is that the two will combine and the spiritual will give life or koyach, energy, power to the physical. The other option is they stand in opposition to each other. And if they oppose each other, then the spiritual being the most powerful one will dominate, will destroy the physical. And therefore, if a person is setting himself up in a way which is working with the Torah, he's using the Torah to elevate him spiritually, so the Torah is a force of life. Whereas if a person is using the Torah in a way where he's opposed to the Torah, so the Torah becomes a force which is stronger than the person and overpowers the person. I was thinking of a good marshal for this idea. And I think a very good marshal, obviously in the physical world, but something which we can relate to, is the idea of electricity. Electricity is a force, and if used effectively, so then something can work with, which has the power of electricity making it work, so it becomes a a piece of machinery or whatever tool it is that can be very beneficial. Whereas something which resists electricity is going to get overpowered by it. And the same thing applies to Ruchnius. Somebody who works with Ruchnius can gain from it. Whereas somebody who's in opposition to Ruchnius, so is going to get destroyed. And that, like he brings the Pasuk, which talks about when uh, the parents of Shimshon saw a Navi, saw a Malach, and the response that uh, Shimshon's father had to seeing the Malach was he said, Now that we've seen something spiritual, we're going to die. 
Why? Because something physical doesn't have a connection to something non-physical, something spiritual. And therefore, if Menach, Shemshot's father understood or thought that the, 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 the seeing a Malach in some way was, so to speak, a conflict between them and the Malach, so then he thought, you're going to die. The spiritual is more stronger. It's going to dominate the physical. Whereas Menach's wife told him, on the contrary, the way they saw the Malach was because they were working with the Malach. He came to tell them how to bring up Shemshan. And if that's the case, then there wasn't a reason for them to die. On the contrary, they were going to be lifted up. They were going to be elevated by seeing the Malach. And therefore, when a person connects to something which is what he calls Chedek Shemaim, so the Aloch is his Chayav Mesa. Uh, someone who misuses the crown of Torah, in other words, instead of using Torah the way Torah is meant to be used to elevate the person, using the Torah to get a personal advantage out of it, so really he's in opposition to what the Torah wants, and we know inside that he's going to be high versa. Now the Maral goes on to give a second explanation, and why Dafu calls the Torah a tagu, which is a crown, and he says, the sign of the authority of the distinction of the king which sets him apart from everyone else is his crown. And now, the crown which is the symbol of, of royalty of the king. So he says, The Torah is also compared to, so to speak, the crown that a person can wear. That's something which sets him apart, like the Gemara says. Through the Torah, the kings will rule, which means what gives them their distinction, what gives them their importance, so to speak, what gives them their crown, is the Torah that they know. And if that's the case, the, the Torah is like the crown which Shachachamim wear. The Rambam says the same thing. The Rambam in describing what the reality will be in Olam Abba. So the Gemara says that the reality of Olam Abba is Tzadikim Yoshim Vatreseim Bereshim. Tzadikim will sit with crowns on their heads. So that doesn't mean that they're just going to have fancy crowns to show off. It's not potatoes in that, definitely not in the spiritual world. Or rather what it means, Vatreseim Bereshim, the Rambam says is that the Torah that they've amassed is like a, their dice and their knowledge. Is like a crown on their head which gives them their level of distinction, similar to the crown which sets the king apart and shows that he is on a different level. And therefore the Imam says, therefore the Maral says that that's the second reason. The first reason he gave is that Torah is something spiritual and the person is not, and therefore if a person is going to stand in opposition to the confrontation to the Torah, so the Torah is going to overpower the person. And by trying to use the Torah for oneself, is really acting, so to speak, as an opposition to the Torah. And now this is the second reason. That is the idea of the crown. What's the idea of the crown? So let's give a mush. Imagine you were invited to a royal banquet. And obviously at the head of the table is the king, and there's all his glory, wearing his crown, resplendent in his royal robes. And I'm sitting way down the table as one of the lesser guests, so to speak. But I see that there are bottles of beer on the table and I'd like to drink, but I don't have a can opener. I don't have an opener. 
So I think, where am I going to find a way to open a bottle? And looking around, I happen to notice the king's crown, which he's wearing, and I see that there's sharp ends on the crown. Now there's a certain rise to a peak above the diamonds. This is like a, 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 a pointed edge. I think, great. So I go from my place, run up to the head of the table, lean over the king, and to reach over to his crown, and use the sharp tip of the crown to open my bottle. So we can all imagine what the reaction is going to be. And uh, the reason is, what did I do wrong? And that is, to use the king's crown as a bottle opener is a tremendous insult to the king. It's using something which is meant to be a symbol of his greatness, of his authority, of his importance, and so to speak, being mazazel in it. We're relegating it to just the mere function of a bottle opener. And in that way, the morale explained that that's why, when you're talking about the Torah in the context, we talk about the one who is making use of the crown, because that's the insult which is causing, or oh, that is going to be Chayav Misa. It's not just the fact that the Torah is more roughly, it's the fact that the it's the fact that it's the, the so to speak the zilzal of the Torah which causes him to which causes him to use it for himself and that's an insult to the to the Torah is meant to be. That's the second reason why it's Chayav Misa. And now we see a story of how father's idea of the care, the concern that the Chachamim had not to misuse the crown of Torah, how far it goes. In other words, on the simple chat, it means that a person makes use of the Torah for their own advantage. But uh, we see from the Gemara that it's even in the cases much more than that. We find the same consideration for this issue. And the Gemara tells us in, in Darim, Rabbi Tarfan was Ashkechei, Ahugabra Bizman There was a time when it was the harvesting season, and being as a Torah allows people to go into put the put to go into other people's fields to get the lekker, the shikha, the pay, all those things which are set aside for the poor. So the landowner has to allow all the passerby to walk in and to help themselves. But when the hukbaram is which means the scythes and the sickles have been put away, and now there's no longer a harvest, so now the landowners didn't want uh, trespasses in their fields. They were worried they would steal, they would ruin the field, whatever it would be. So Rabtarfur was once walking through the fields and it was already after the season where everybody was allowed in. And some landowner sees him and mistakes him for a gun. If he thought, why is he walking the fields at this time of year? Maskey is coming to steal. So he used the very medieval form of justice. What had happened? Achtei Basake. He threw Rabtarfur into a sack. Bishakle, he picked him up. Vamtia and the Mishnah He carried him to throw him into the river. So Rav Tarpin realized that he had been falsely suspected of stealing and he was going to get killed. He was going to be thrown in the sack into the river. And no one would even know what happened to him. So what does he say? Poor Tarpin. He's going to get killed by this person. And Tarpin wasn't a common name, even in the times of the Mishnah. So if a person calls himself Tarpin, so then the landowner who had throw him into the sack and wanted to ditch him in the river, realizes I made a terrible mistake. And this isn't some petty thief. This must be the great Rabbi Tarfun. So what does he do? He doesn't open the bag and beg for forgiveness. But what he does is, so Hashamahu Gavra, you heard what he said, he drops the sack and runs away. And obviously now Tarfun can let himself out and he saves his sack. So even though Rabbi Tarfun had done nothing wrong, and definitely didn't deserve to be drowned in the river. 
and uh, the only and he was saved because the person who grabbed him realized that he was innocent. But nevertheless, the Gemara says after this incident, and that is Amr Rabbi Avua, Amr Rabbi Ben Gamliel, Koyomal For the rest of Rabbi Tarfan's life, I He he was sad. He regretted that incident. Why? Because he said Amr Oili Shneshtemashim VeKesher Shaltar. Why is to me that I'm used? So to speak, the cancer of Torah for my own benefit. In other words, the reason the person saved him is because he recognized Tarfon is the name of the big time Tana, the big time Chacham Rabbi Tarfon. And in that way, Rabbi Tarfon thought that he had used his Torah learning as a way to protect himself. And maybe that was included in being Mishtamish Pekisra Shal in wrong usage, taking a personal advantage from the cancer Torah, and he regretted it. Which obviously is an extreme example of how far this goes. Now, the Gemara gives a proof why it's, it's dangerous to do that. And the Gemara brings their ayah. And the Gemara says, Anybody who uses the Kesetar, obviously for their own benefit, gets Nekar, gets uprooted from the world. And how do we know that? He brings the proof from the king, Belshazzar. Belshazzar, as you know, was the king, the ruler of Babel, Belshazzar was scared that there had been a prophecy of Yirmiyahu that the Malchus of Babel will last for 70 years and after that it's going to come to an end and Belshazzar was counting time and the day that the 70th anniversary of Babel's ascendancy came and Belshazzar celebrates that nothing's happened to the Malchus of Babel he's still in the control and the reveal wasn't fulfilled it's a tremendous banquet and now he feels free to so to speak, uh, do something which will anger Hashem. And he takes out the kalim of the Beis Amikdash to serve his guests with, and he takes out the clothing of the Kongodal to wear himself. Basically to show that he's no longer scared of the Beis Amikdash being rebuilt or of retribution, the deadline's over. And what happened is, the Gemara says that very same night, there was a surprise attack against the city of Babel by the combined forces of Paris and Madai, and Babel was overrun, and the Kapostak says, That same night, Bashatza was killed. So now the Gemara says like this. We see Bashatza who made use of the Kain of the Beis Amikdash, even though they had been profaned by being taken to Babel. But since they were originally Kodesh, so the Maes of was punished, and he was killed that night. If a person uses Torah for their own benefit, so even more so they should deserve to be killed. So we see that a person who makes use of something which is Kaddish, he's Nidche. He's pushed aside, he's driven out of the world. And we saw for two reasons. If there's going to be a conflict between two different things, then the more powerful one will push aside the less powerful one. And the same thing, the Torah will push aside a person who's physical if he's misusing the Torah. So there's uh, the two reasons you bring. The one reason is that the Torah is stronger than a person, and therefore using the Torah wrongly is really, uh, really setting the Torah as, as one's opposition, and he's going to lose the Torah stronger. And whereas if a person uses the Torah and works with it, then it's a source of life. And that goes back to what we saw before, 
the Gemara himself wrote earlier in this Mishnah, and the Torah is like a Nagid, which is a ruler which can bring life and bring death. Same thing, connecting to Torah is something which could be bringing life or could work against the person. And the second point is the Zilzul, and that is that if a person uses the Quran for their own needs, so it's an insult, and then that's the second reason why a person will get punished for making personal use of the Torah. Now, then he brings the Gemara. And then Shlokish says that the person uses the crown of Torah, it's not referring to the Torah itself, but rather the Amar Mishnah, which means the person makes use of a person who learns Torah for their own use, and that's also something which is punishable. So on that, the Mara asks the question. Why does Shlokish explain the Mishnah is talking about referring to using a person who learns Torah rather than the Torah itself? Like we saw before, that the Gemara says that Mishnah Mishnah Torah is the Torah itself. And similarly, Rabbi Yechanan, who brought the proof from Bel Shatzai, you don't need a proof. The Mishnah itself says that if a person misuses the Torah, it's high of So the, the Mara explains it. When it comes to a person who misuses the Torah, then let me learn from the case of Baal Shatzar, who misused the Bagarim of the Kohen Gadol, and the Kali of Vesemigdash, that same net, the the, there was immediate retribution. He'll get killed suddenly, like happened to Baal Shatzar. Aval Cholaf means passes away, doesn't mean immediately, and so dramatically, but rather he'll die young. So therefore it must be a lesser degree of error. That's referring to somebody who makes use of a person who learns Torah and not the Torah itself. What's the difference? So we can say based on what Maharaj said before, that when it comes to the insults, the zilzul of a person who a person who misuses the Torah, and it's like using the crown for his own things, that's like Boshatza, who had the chutzpah, the frontage, to put on the big day kogodl, and as a direct insult to Hashem, and he got killed right away. And if a person uses the Torah himself, itself for his own ends, it's like an insult to the crown of Hashem, to the Torah, and therefore get killed immediately. Whereas using, misusing a person who's learned Torah is more in the category of using something spiritual for one's own purposes, which is in opposition to what the, what the, what the spirituality is meant for, and then it acts against him, but it doesn't mean that he's going to die immediately. Cholap means that he will eventually be punished, he will pass away. Now, that's the explanation the Mara gives in the mission. One more point, he says. What's the connection we said before? On the one hand, the person who tries to use uh, what he does to promote his authority, so it will minimize his renown or minimize his reputation, and by the Torah, it's the other way around. If a person minimizes the connection to Torah, so that's going to shorten his life. The Torah has to increase his connection to he says the real Surah, the real authority is the person who uses Torah to rule with, as the Apostle said before, he brought it, and not that a person rules for to promote himself. And you see the way you see that is because the Torah's crown is higher than other crowns. That commission is that's in always 
don't be jealous of kings, of princes. Why? Because if you don't know, God only cares from your crown is greater than theirs. And therefore it says over here that that's the converse. As opposed to a ruler who promotes himself, the Torah gives the person leadership. And if a person doesn't learn, so he loses his life, or the other way around, a person who's learned but misuses his Torah loses his life as well. Anyone who sins against the Torah is chayav misa, like I said before, and not because it's oynish as being so bad, but because the Torah is the connection to life. And misusing the Torah is misusing that connection to life. And so he gets less of a chios through the, so to speak, the armor the item, the pillar of the world, which is a Torah. And therefore he brings both together. That's what the moral says, and therefore we see in the mission, like we said, the balance. On the one hand, an increase in Torah increases life if the Torah is being used properly. Not learning Torah decreases one's life. But also misuse of Torah decreases one's life as well. There's two questions left on the Mishnah, which it's true the Maral doesn't address, but perhaps I can suggest something too. We asked the question why this Mishnah was said in Aramaic and not in Hebrew like all the other Mishnahists in Turkey And the second question also, and if you know that Yisod, which the Maral does teach us, even if he doesn't address it in this particular Mishnah, and that is what the Tanoim taught us in Turkey wasn't a random piece of good advice rather for something which was central to either that Tanah's door or that Tanah's own life and if that's the case where do we see in Hillel's life the life lessons that he learned and he taught in this Mishnah so I want to refer to two different Gemaras which talk about Hillel's life the one is the Gemara in Pesach at the beginning of the sixth parak. And the Gemara there talks about the fact that the Nasim in Eretz Yisrael were the Bnei Becerra. They were the family of the Nasim. And they one time had a question of Erev Pesach which fell on Shabbos, if they were allowed to shech the Korban Pesach on Shabbos. And they didn't know the answer. So they wanted to see was there anybody who could answer them. And they found out about a new arrival from Babel. The Gemara calls him Hillel Hababli. Hillel who had just come from Babel and uh, they asked him the question and Hillel proves to them that one's allowed to bring the Korban Pesach on Shabbos and in a move which just proves to us the greatness of the people involved when the Bnei Becerra realized that Hillel, this new arrival was a greater Tamil Chacham than they were so they abdicated from the Nesias and they rather throned Hillel in this in their place. They gave him the most honored position in Kali Yisrael because they recognized he was a bigger time in Chacham than they were. And Hillel accepts the position. Hillel, as you know, was the beginning of the dynasty of the Nasim, which went the whole way down to Rabbi Yehuda and Nasi and further. And it says, Hitzchel did Rish Karayam Now that he was a Nasi, so Hillel took the job and he taught and he passed the whole day. But then the Gemara tells us something which we think maybe is out of character, but we read the Gemara. And the Gemara says, Hitchil Makantron Bidvarin. He started to insult the Bnei Becerra. Those same great people who had 
be willing to forego their honor and their position to give it to him? So he started to insult them. And he said, What caused you to have to give up the Nasiyas because you didn't know the Halacha? He says, It was the laziness that you displayed that you didn't learn from Shmaya Bavtalya, the two Gedolim of the previous generation, who were Hillel's teachers. So he says to them, Had you also taken opportunity to learn from Shmaya Bavtalya, you would have known the Halacha. And it was only because you didn't do that that you lost your, your so to speak, your importance and your your status as being the Nasi. And what happened? Kai Yisrael had a new question, which they came to ask Hillel, and he forgot. And on that, the Gemara says, teaches us that if a person is misyahir, if a person acts with pride, so im chachamu chachmasim istalekes. If he's a even if he's a chacham. But the pride is going to cause him to lose his Chachmah. And the proof is brought from Hillel. That on the one hand, he, there was a certain element of speaking in a way which was too proud that the neighbor Sarah didn't deserve the Messias and he did. And as a result of that, he was punished and he, was, he forgot the Halacha which he was asked. That's the, that's the Gemara in Psachim. And maybe we can suggest, based on that Gemara, an answer to the first two of our questions. And that is, we see that Hillel is called Hillel Ababli. He came from Babel, and we know the language of Babel is Aramaic. And maybe this was the lesson Hillel taught from his experience when he first came to Eretz Yisrael. He was still Hillel the Babli. And he saw two things. Number one, the point which he chastised the Bnei Basari with, and that is the law Moisif Yasif. If a person doesn't increase their learning Torah, so what they have gets taken away from them. And he, that's exactly the, the point he made to B'nai B'Sayra. And that is the fact that they didn't take every opportunity to learn caused them to have to forego the Nasiyas. But there was a second lesson Hillel learned as well. And the second lesson Hillel learned was that Nagid Shema Vat that if a person says something or does something which is sounds like he's promoting himself so it's going to cause him to lose some of that prestige and over here what Hillel said which sounded something of Gaiva that he was promoting himself at their expense that he was Misham Mishmael Rabtalion caused him the embarrassment of having to say that he had forgotten Halacha and therefore perhaps the point of this Mishnah that if a person doesn't learn he loses on the one hand and the other point that is that if a person looks to so to speak Say something which is really enhancing himself. It's going to come at the He's going to be dishonored for that. He's going to be embarrassed for that. Those are two lessons that Hill saw in his own life. And what about the last point in the Mishnah? And that is that if a person uses the crown of Torah, Khalaf will pass away. So we saw the Gemara that talks about the greatness of Rav Tarfan. And that the fact that the in the case, the person knew that it was Rav Tarfan, and that as a result uh, didn't kill him. Rav Tarfan thought it was a misuse of the crown of Torah. So let's talk about another story, even earlier in Hillel's life. And it's the Gemara in Yuma on Daflamid Hay. And the Gemara there says that Hillel was extremely poor as a young man. So much so that his works were ages, came to one traffic, one little coin. And it was a time when there needed to be a guard outside the base Medrash and the guard demanded a certain entry fee and it came a week where Hillel couldn't afford to pay. It was Arab Shabbos, he had 
the money it earned that week wasn't enough to pay the entry fee to the base medrash. So the guard refused him admission. So what is he going to do? He could have given up and said, well, if I'm not able to enter, I won't go in. He'll decide what he's going to do is he's going to climb to the roof and he's going to listen in from the skylight to hear what's being said in the base medrash. The Gemara tells us it was the middle of the winter, it's it was freezing cold. And throughout the night, he'll lay on the roof listening to the window to the Torah being spoken in the base medrash. But, like the Gemara said, it started to snow. And the snow piled up in Hillel, and he started to suffer from hypothermia. He seems he froze in the snow. So there comes the morning, and Shmaya and Vavtalion, the two teachers of Hillel, who were teaching in the Basinach, look up, and they see, why is it still dark? It should have been getting light already. And they look at the skylight, and they see that the form of a person, the Gemara says, in the skylight. And then they realize that there's a person who's lying on the roof, who's been covered in snow. So the Gemara says they went up and they dug him out and they had to warm him up and they had to light a fire for him in order to save his life. And even though it was Shabbos, they were Mechal Shabbos on his behalf. And on that the Gemara says, the last line, that they said, This person is worthy of that the Shabbos should be desecrated for him. So what the Gemara wants to show in the story is Hiddle's dedication to Torah. But there's already a big question in the story. And the question is, what does it mean that this person is worthy of a Shabbos being desecrated for him? We will mechal a Shabbos for every Jew. So why did it have to be an extra level that he deserved it? So I saw one of the Mephoshim wants to suggest that maybe for a person to lie on the roof in the snow is putting his own life into danger. And maybe in a case like that, he doesn't deserve that Shabbos should be desecrated for him if he's trying to kill himself or he's doing something which is considered negligent and could lead to his own death. And that's why they said that, no, Hillel was different. He deserved that the Shabbos should be desecrated for him because he was doing it to learn Torah. Now, I'm not sure that Halach is correct. I don't think so. I don't even if a person was negligent with themselves, if right now they're in a situation of Sakonis Nefoshis, uh, I think we're still allowed to save his life. But be there as it may. Whatever the reason is, what comes out of the suga is that it was a certain din that Dafka Hillel deserved that his life should be saved. Why? Because he was most nefesh for terror. Maybe here Hillel also thought there was a certain element of this din that he was taking advantage of the crown of terror. He was taking advantage of the crown of terror that that was used to save his life because he was he he exerted himself to learn terror. Except here it would be different. And that's why over here, Hillel wasn't worthy of punishment, as it were, for the fact that the, the, he was, his life was spared, that there were Mechal Shabbos for him. Because over here, the idea was that he wasn't taking advantage of Torah. On the contrary, it was Hillel's dedication to learning Torah. And if that's the case, it's in the category we said before, that if a person exerts himself to learn Torah, then the Torah is a source of life for them. It's only if a person is utilizing the Torah on its own for their benefit, then this thing would apply that a person who is misusing Torah or using it for their own purposes will pass away. Whereas in Hillel's case, even if it meant that because he was Hillel, then he would deserve Shabbos to be desecrated on his behalf, but that was because he was Hillel who was so mostly nefesh to learn Torah. And then that wouldn't be a case of misusing Torah or taking it for his own purposes, that would, that would be a source why a person deserved to die. Hillel deserved to live. 
Mechalal Shabbos to save his life. Either way around, uh, perhaps that was also in Hillel's youth when that story happened. That's also that would also be something which was in the Dachshund of Babel, which was in Aramaic. That's just a, a, an additional idea just to finish our discussion of the mission.